I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 Precision Farming Dealer podcast series, supported by Reichart Electronic Innovations. In today's program, we share highlights from several conversations with members of RDO Equipment Company's Precision Farming team during our visit to recognize the dealership as the 2020 Most Valuable Dealership. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. And a reminder that by subscribing, that will allow you to get alerts when upcoming episodes in this series are released. When RDO Equipment was recognized by our sister publication, Farm Equipment, as its dealership of the year in 2010, the company operated about half of its current 35 ag locations. Executive management also had the foresight back then to realize internal investment and expansion in technology training would be essential to the evolution of the dealership. This philosophy has helped shape and define the development of RDO's precision farming business, which has grown its ag technology service sales by 80% during the last three years and has averaged more than 5.5 million in precision ag component sales during the last six years. While facing the same economic challenges as the majority of equipment dealers, large and small, RDO has worked to creatively maneuver through the downturn. This includes expanding on precision problem-solving solutions as a larger source of recurring revenue and increasing customer engagement efforts to meet the needs of a diverse customer base. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, we share conversations with several members of RDO Equipment's precision team, and we start with some perspective from Joel Kosinski, Product Specialist Manager. With a diverse customer base farming everything from sugar beets to strawberries throughout eight states, RDO Equipment is accustomed to meeting a specialized standard of service. Joel breaks down the different ways the dealership's precision farming team troubleshoots and tailors technology solutions to support 35 large ag locations. So at RDO Equipment, we have over 30 ag locations that are spread across eight different states. So across those eight states, you get a lot of diversity of our customers and the crops that they grow. We recognized as we developed this team, the need to leverage the expertise across the different regions. So we have approximately three different regions, the Midwest region that consists of North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. We have the Northwest region that consists of Oregon and Washington. We also support some in Western Montana. And then we have the states like California, along coastal California, in the Salinas Valley, Watson Valley areas, and then also the desert southwest that we have down in the Yuma Valley and Southern California in that Imperial Valley. So looking at the diversity of the crops, they're wide range, everything from the upper Midwest with the corn, soybeans, small grains, sugar beets for our row crops here in the Red River Valley. Do we get to uh, West North Dakota with the diversity of corn, soybeans, again, and some lentils and peas and hay. Northwest, we have a large diversity of crops from Northwest. It's kind of a blend between our Southwest region and Midwest region. They'll get into the corn and wheat production, but then also they get into a lot of potatoes, onions, carrots, so they kind of get in that Northwest region and also get into some of the orchards of apples, for instance. As we get into the uh, central coast of California, we get into that strawberries, lettuce area in the coastal California, along with a lot of other produce. And we see a lot of synergies between the central coast of California and the desert southwest, especially with our lettuce production, as the climate changes the two regions to supply, especially around the lettuce production, see a lot of synergies and similarities there. 
We think by focus as far as our product specialists being diverse and leveraging each other's expertise and not getting burned out, that's the nice thing of how we're managing this team from a centralized approach and uh, working together as a team to help support our customers with that diversity of all the crops that they have. Each region, we do take kind of a regional approach to the training that's going on in each one of those regions. We typically try to do one main event in each one of the regions as far as some of the newer equipment and some of the training needs around it. And then also we try to leverage as far as those training needs with our team involved with that as well. So we're really just trying to embracing a new initiative that John Deere has called the Certified Dealer Instructor Program, where we have team members on our team conducting that training and we're crossing lines across the different regions to do that training. So it's easier for us to send one individual out to an area to conduct training with multiple employees compared to multiple employees traveling to a deer location to get that training. So that's something that deer's opened up to here over the past year or two that we're leveraging. First and foremost you now is one most of people are interested in, in agriculture or technology or both. So that's first and foremost is that there's an interest level and usually people applying do have that interest. Secondly is that we look at does the individual fit the culture of our company, of RDO? Each dealership and each company I think has a unique culture that's unique to them and finding an individual that that fits and resonates with is key to having a successful employee. Then from there, with the onboarding process, it's kind of based off of as far as the region and the specific stores that they're gonna be responsible for. So for a precision product specialist, typically have two locations that they're supporting. So based off of the needs, sales history of that customer base, we'll critique their training needs for that. But with that, we fortunately are tied with a major manufacturer with John Deere, who has very good training and resources, tools to get our team up to speed on those specific product lines. So that's usually not a challenge to get as far as that information goes and getting our team trained up on those. So one of our core values is partner with employees and we try to leverage that and grain that into what our team does. In the past had where you can get burnout from an employee, especially in a technology space, because once customers know that you know something and they have your phone number, you can start be in to get inundated seven days a week. 24 hours a day, a customer's calling. So to minimize that is really leveraging the team as a whole. And we've brought in certain tools as far as trying to manage that call load coming into those individuals, and then also collaborating between the individuals within our team even. What's been very helpful is John Deere's strategy with the operations center and building out APIs that remain open for other companies to develop their products on to have access to the data on the equipment. That's definitely uh, opened up opportunities to work with more companies that help it integrate better with the equipment with what we're doing. And we have seen from that and working with these companies more quicker adoption and easier adoption. They kind of understand the John Deere dealer a little bit more too of bringing those certain technologies in. But we also open up looking at other opportunities that John Deere isn't able to deliver and a lot of times you look at a specialty market one is around lettuce thinning where we partner up with a manufacturer for a lettuce thinner and uh, it's very high tech with cameras and identifying the spacing and with that we look towards the, our team when you look at a technology like that coming on board so we do continue to look at those companies that we can work together with collaborate with provide solutions to our customers
And we look at a lot of the egg retail, when you look at our egg service providers, such as Eggtegra, they connect with customers at a level with their input needs around fertilizer, crop protection needs, seed needs. And we understand the expertise that they bring to our customers. And that's also in how they connect with our equipment that we currently have out there today. So instead of our approach of having a full agronomy staff making agronomic recommendations for our customers, we look at collaborating and working together with companies such as Eggtegra and other egg service providers. And some of those take longer to develop. So the short-term gains might not be seen, but collaborating long-term get much more benefit as we're seeing. As precision components become more integrated into new farm equipment, RDO Equipment Company launched its Fleet Shield and Ready2 services to provide comprehensive support options for customers on an annual basis. Here, Joel shares the origins and motivation for the programs, along with some of the benefits for both customers and the dealership. Five years ago, we kind of worked together with John Deere. We understood where we're at as far as supporting our technology and how it integrates within the equipment and realized we needed a more structured approach to how we support the technology and equipment. So with the help of Deere, we structured a new department along with our parts, sales, whole goods. We also structured a support department. And our focus of this was to bring the level of support to the customers that they're needed with the technology that we had five years ago. In doing so, we created value-added services. It was services that really went beyond the sale. A lot of times when a new piece of equipment is selling, we provide a level of support to get that customer up and going, which is obviously still done today. But what we realized was ongoing year after year, there's a level of support that was needed. And in order to do that, we needed to change the culture a little bit as far as how we were covering our cost of that support with our customers. So we'd have a viable team for what the future held as far as the technology coming forward in the equipment. We recognize value-added service is a very generic term. So we actually looked at other services that were provided within our, our organization called Fleet Shield Services. We went off of that branding to brand our services that we provide for our customers and branded it as Fleet Shield Services. We recognize right away when we got into it, we're providing services like startups in the field. We do pre-season optimizations. We'd also have a data management plan to help our customers work through all the data that they've been collecting off the equipment. And what we recognized was some of the equipment that we were doing, for instance, we were doing a startup in the field. We'd get out there to provide that startup for the customer and realized, for instance, if it's on a planter, the planter needed a lot of work done to it. We really started looking at more of a total package of support to our customers and integrating the aftermarket, the service department, and parts department into what we're trying to accomplish by helping our customers be ready for the spring planting with their planters, for instance, or combines for harvest, sprayers for application needs. So with that, we put together a package called our Ready to Services. The first one we launched was a Ready to Plant, which we get to go to the customer and provide a package to them where he's actually bringing that planter in during the off season to be inspected by our service department. Our service department will go through the entire planter, identify any repairs that are needed in order for our product specialist, when he's doing the startup in the spring, that is ready to go. So with that, we also provide a higher level of support and guarantees to our customer around our ready to services. We provide a guarantee that if he has a failure during the season, the drive time to go in there and doing the repair is free to the customer. So the feedback we've been getting from our customers around that, we've been getting customers have been repeat coming back 
a lot of them look at it as almost like an insurance policy. They look at it as when they get ready to go in the field in the spring or they want to get going with their sprayer, going ready with their combine, that they're ready to roll. And uh, they can't afford to be sitting at the headland with something not working. We continually work on them. So the first was ready to plant. Then we came with our ready to harvest, ready to seed for our air seeders. Come with our ready to spray for our self-propelled sprayers. We have a ready to apply for our fertilizers and ready to till with our tillage systems right now. And we continually look at different ones for the other regions as well. Right now, that's the services that we're providing under that total solution package. We recognize that we have limited resources as far as people and how we can provide this high level of support to our customers. And one of our key core values is build customers for life. And in doing so, we look at our customers that we're truly partnering with. So we'll take a targeted approach to our customers, identifying the need of the customer, because each one of our customers are at a different level as far as where they're at on the technology curve and technology adoption and how they're trying to implement their equipment into their farming operations. So each product specialist that we have on our team oversees an average of two locations. And they'll work at those two locations, identifying customers that they'd like to go approach with these packages. Some of them might be from looking back at the current year that we were on or the previous year of opportunities where we knew a customer was frustrated with his equipment, wasn't working properly, and approach them on a one-on-one -on -one basis of, hey, we have this package for you, here's how it works, here's the guarantees we have, and really take a targeted approach to those services. Our pricing model depends on planters. It's based on the number of railway units that it has. Combines will do, we look at our pricing model as far as we'd have for inspections and we build it all in together into one single price. And we'll include inspections on the head, two heads as well. And then as far as when we go out there, we kind of build the pricing structure kind of around the equipment and the size of the equipment with what it's gonna take. We do look at our number amount of time that we estimate that we're gonna spend on each of them, but we try to, to use a sliding scale like that. We do have an example of a customer who historically had rolled his equipment on a regular basis. And with equipment pricing where it's gone to today, that gap continues to widen out with a lot of our customers. So we had a customer that looked at his need to keep that equipment up and going when he needed it. So we put together a total package uh, where we're looking at his planter, his combine, his tillage application, and his fertilizer application, and really kind of put together a whole ready to farm package for them. We do look at each individual's little unique approach we take to them because each customer is a different level where they're at as far as that technology curve. We try to meet that customer where they're at in their operation and go from there. So we do have a base level uh, for each one of the services. And then we kind of put that all together, looking at there be opportunities where synergies between the two that we can some cost savings too. So we kind of build that into a plan. We have some customers that do it every year go back to back to back. Others, they get a lot out of it the one year that we do it. And it's kind of based off the number of acres that they farm too, with how much acres per piece of equipment that they're putting on and how comfortable they are with knowing where their equipment is at. So it does take work to go out and get new business. One of the things we recognized after the first couple of years that we launched this was the need of ownership in the program. When I say ownership, that we continually go out and have a plan put together as we're approaching customers with this. Relying on them just to automatically sign back up again doesn't happen. It does take going and doing customer visits and talking through and following up to get customers to re-sign up for the packages. So, Measuring the success of the program 
isn't just in the revenue that this department generates. We also look at the part sales that are uh, gaining from these programs and also this labor that we're gaining from this also. We do look at this whole package of the benefit. There's more benefit than just the revenue that's coming in. One is that typically what happens if you aren't doing packages like this, the customer is gonna have an issue right during the heat of the season which when we have that right during the heat of the season, our resources are limited and that customer's having downtime. So the value that that brings overall to the team is hard to measure of what that's doing. We have recognized that customers that are in the program continue to be, we gain the higher level of loyalty from them customers because of the value that we're bringing to them. As far as continued repeat business with more services, they're more open to adopting a new technology coming out because they know what we have as far as keeping them up and going with the technology they currently have. Because we have recognized if you can make the technology work today, what's in the equipment, the customers are very hesitant to adopt any new technology coming out. So we're very focused on making that equipment work the way that it should. We need to structure a better, I call it a wider bridge. It's the mainstreaming of the technology we have today to the rest of the team. So when I say leverage more of the team, it's leveraging more of the service department, leveraging more of the parts department, because the precision products team needs to be focused on the latest technology. And we need to do a better job of mainstreaming these packages throughout the rest of the organization. So when I say that, it's looking at more of the service department ability to fill these needs, especially if you look at technology that's been widely adopted. For instance, AutoTrack, the service department's ability to support and keep the AutoTrack systems going. We need to leverage the entire team to make that happen because what is coming in the future and what we see is going to take even a higher level of dedication from our team to help customers continually adopt that technology into their farms. When RDO debuted its ready-to-service programs in 2017, the offerings expanded on the dealership's broader support plans and provided more customized and specific precision partnering with customers. Product specialists Bryce Nolan and Ben Hildy dig into the details of the programs and their approach to selling the support packages. Our Ready 2 packages have become a big part of RDO equipment. When we start talking about packages with customers, it's making sure they understand what they're going to receive. It's making sure that they understand what they're going to get and how that's going to benefit them on their farm. So starting from the top, we'll get their machine in for an inspection. We'll have a service technician take a look at that piece of equipment, make sure it's ready to go to the field. Secondly, us product specialists will come out and do a setup on the farm, making sure that the planner or whatever piece of equipment they sign up for a Ready 2 package is ready to go to the field. Software is up to date, everything communicates with the display, the receiver. And then from there, we'll take it out to the field and we'll do some runs with it. We'll make sure that that machine is optimized to its full potential, make sure our depth is set, make sure the closing wheels on the planner are good. Just make sure that that planner or piece of equipment is performing to the best of its ability. Once that's performed and completed, we'll go out there after that crop is up out of the ground and do a post-emerge stand count. What that's going to do is that's going to make sure that everything that we did throughout the whole ready to process worked. Make sure that those results look good to the customer, make sure our stand counts look good, population is correct, our spacing is correct, and our emergence is good as well. The way that I look at a ready to package, I make sure that the customer is obviously happy with the job that was performed. We offer many more packages than just like a ready to plant. We have the ready to plant, we have the ready to seed. 
We have the ready to spray, we have the ready to harvest, we have the ready to bale. We can pretty much create any kind of a custom package we want to off of those ready to packages. Those are just our set packages. With the ready to plant, the pricing structure is mostly per row on the planter. With the sprayer, the combine, the air seeder, more of a fixed cost on that machine. And then depending upon what the piece of equipment is, what we need to optimize on that piece of equipment, it all comes in that package. So the way we go about selling the package is obviously promoting the value of working with RDO equipment and trained professionals running or operating or showing you how to operate that piece of equipment. Going all the way down to our trained RDO equipment service technicians, those guys are awesome when it comes to any kind of our inspections that is included with the ready to package. These guys go th through the machine front to back, notify the customer on what he needs to repair on that machine. Up to them if they want us to make the updates to the machine or the improvements to the machine, or if they want to do it themselves, they'll get a checklist on that machine. Certain guys will want to run their row units every year when it comes to the planters. Other guys will not. Some guys feel it's very valuable to run those row units every year to maximize the efficiency of that planter when it gets to the field. A lot of the times we'll see a direct result of that in the stand counts that we do on those ready to plants. With the post-emerge stand counts that Bryce was talking about earlier, we go out and we make sure the planter mechanically performed the way we wanted it to. We're obviously not guaranteeing your seed to emerge better than it is, but we want to make sure that planter performed mechanically the way it should. Mm. And we've done that with just a traditional planter startup, gone out and actually done those stand counts just to fact check our ready to program. And we found that the planters that are actually ran on the test stand have performed better than ones that are not ran on the test stand. So. That's one way, one tactic that we can go through and actually sell these ready to packages. We have a couple guys that year after year will continue to keep on buying the ready to package. They've seen the improvement in their yields on the backside of harvest with the ready to plant. They see the value in running the meters on the roll unit test stand. They just see the value in, it. it's a cheap investment for them to be completely assured that they're gonna get the best out of their planter that year because obviously it starts with the planter. So we've had a few guys that have came back year after year and bought the ready two. Other guys just think they need a regular planner startup the next season. So Bryce, you can talk more on that. Yeah, so we get a lot of repeat customers as Ben was stating, but not only that, that it opens up the door for us to sell different services for different pieces of equipment. So if a customer starts out with a ready to plant one year, I'll sell them a ready to seed the next year or ready to harvest the following year. It just opens up the door to be able to do different things on that farm not necessarily give them the same thing every year, but make sure every piece of equipment within that farm is optimized to the best of its ability. While RDO has two agronomists and four certified crop advisors on staff, its approach to agronomic service is rooted in maximizing ROI of equipment purchases for farm customers. Agronomist Jacob Maurer discusses the unique ways the dealership leverages its agronomic expertise to support its precision farming team along with other departments, including sales, service, and parts. Hi, I'm Jake Maurer, agronomist for RDO Equipment Company. I cover the Midwest Ag region of North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. The different things that I cover here within my region are mostly focusing on tying the agronomic aspects of our machines to the equipment which we sell. I do so in a variety of different ways, whether they be on-farm research, field trials, agronomic demonstrations. Those demonstrations typically are just showing one feature or one part of the machine that maybe a customer questions or a salesman questions. 
and allows them to become more comfortable and more confident in the machines in which they're selling. Every single thing that I do at RDO Equipment Company is practical in nature, meaning that you can do it with machines that are already available on the lot, already available on the farm. And they focus on primarily just allowing the customer to become more in tune with what they're doing, what's taking place out in the field. They're spending a lot of time in the cab. And as an equipment dealer, we spend a lot of time focusing on the hard iron aspects of the machine in which we sell, which rightfully so. But by having a person like me on staff or by being that person on staff who focuses on what's taking place outside of the cab, it kind of gives us a nice one-two punch where you can get out of the cab. Hey, these are the different things that we're seeing going on in the field. We can make these changes that will change the performance of the machine agronomically, where it may impact yield. It may impact things like performance of the machine. It may increase or decrease wear parts. All the different functions that we see as an equipment dealer, we'll see out in the field. And so whether it be making decisions about nozzles that you would pair with a sprayer, or it would be how high you would want your booms, or maybe it has to deal with what kind of row cleaners you want to put on the front of your planting or your row unit. All those different aspects have an agronomic, a mechanical, and an economic impact. And so my job is to measure those and to help the customer fully optimize the performance of the machine. In a lot of cases, when a person thinks of an agronomist, they're probably thinking of someone who's gonna sell them seed or they're gonna sell them fertilizer. They're going to make an agronomic recommendation, something that's going to be a true, go out and spray X on this field because of Y. When you really look at the agronomic picture and the full picture, it kind of goes back to even thinking about precision ag as a whole. Unless you're a part of the business, most people think of precision ag as just being the sensors and just being the small parts of the overall program. When we tie agronomics to our equipment, many of the machines, actually every single machine that we have is collecting an agronomic data layer or we're doing some kind of agronomic function, whether we're planting a seed or we're placing that seed or we are sizing crop residue or we could be out making an application. All of those have agronomic aspects that typically aren't thought about. Usually we're out there and we wanna show you how straight we can plant or we wanna show you how quickly we can apply your crops or how much our tank capacity is or trying to, to focus on the efficiencies. Where in reality, as we move forward, we're going to see a greater impact on stewardship or we're going to see a lot more of an impact on the farm when it comes to the environmental aspects of how is your footprint? How small of a rate can I run to still have a positive agronomic impact on this wheat? And so in a lot of cases, it's not always a, we're going to use the agronomy to help position this product or help sell this product. It's going to actually help us to become a better part of the farming operation and have a greater impact on the overall operation because they're being measured by the government or they're being measured by their customers. They're being measured by their neighbors on how well they can execute these different things as they are. So the role of the agronomist within the equipment business is honestly no different. We're not selling a widget. We're not selling a seed. We're not selling a herbicide but we're helping them to better understand the overall package and the impact that they're having. The big thing with RDO's agronomists, there's two of them on staff, myself and Aaron Hightower, who is out in the Northwest. Our role is not like a traditional agronomist where we don't actually compete. We don't sell recommendations. We don't do traditional crop scouting. So because of the way that RDO Equipment Company has set up the position, the way that they leverage it, we aren't necessarily seen as a competitor to 
a traditional agronomist. We're seen truly as a, a cooperator or a collaborator. And in many of my projects, I seek out the agronomists, the CCAs that are on staff with the local ag retailer to make sure that the recommendations are fit for the operation. They're always going to know more about the farm than I am because I'm seeing just basically the iron aspects or I'm a part of that part of the sale. But by me understanding the agronomic implications that my machines have on a given field and him or her understanding the agronomic implications that the placement of those products have on the field. Us coming together as a team, we can provide a full solution to the customer. And like I said, it sometimes can have an economic impact, but it'll always have an agronomic impact. And I don't necessarily think of it as us having a seat at the table so much as us being able to help the customer hone in on exactly what best fits their operation so they can maximize their efficiencies and so they can have the best agronomic and economic experience possible. Test plot research is an opportunity for dealerships to experiment and analyze equipment and technology performance. In 2017, RDO partnered with North Dakota State College of Science to facilitate what is known as a land lab, where annual planting, spraying, and mapping is done to test real-life in-field trials. Tony Kramer, product specialist, provides an overview of the program and some of the lessons learned through the experiments. Two years back, we got the opportunity to partner with the North Dakota State College of Science and uh, work with what they're calling a land lab, which was essentially a 90-acre piece of land that has kind of been uh, donated slash leased to the school. And the school reached out to us, RDO Equipment, and asked if we would fill out a request for proposal and be a part of that land lab. And we felt that was a very unique opportunity not only to give back to the students and allow them to learn, but it also gave us a very unique opportunity to learn more about our equipment. So a lot of what we've been doing out there has not only been field trials when it comes to some of the cropping systems, but also trials when it comes to our equipment. So we talk about exact emerge planters or exact apply sprayers, maybe some map-based prescription type stuff. It's given us the ability to do that real life in the field and learn more about our equipment and what we're doing. And the biggest bonus behind that is the students also get to learn and they get a takeaway from that as well. Our number one goal, obviously, with the Land Lab is the students to better educate them and get them real life hands-on experience. Some of the trials we've done when it comes to uh, learning more about our equipment out there is the first year we were with the Land Lab, which would have been 2018, we took the opportunity to do a planter trial, so a speed trial with our exact emerge planters. So we were planting passes anywhere from five miles an hour up to 12 miles an hour. And really what we were looking for was to get, see if there's a, a yield impact there to see if we have a decline or an increase based on the speed that we were traveling and planting. This year, 2019, we had the opportunity to partner with John Deere and do some trials on different planting populations, different row spacing. And again, we're just looking to see, we're not looking to grow the record yields or anything like that at this land lab. We're just looking at it to strictly learn and better understand the equipment, better understand the technology, maybe what it can do, or maybe what it's not capable of doing. 
One of the things that has been a big eye-opener to us is in the past before the Land Lab, in order to conduct any sort of these trials, we've had to partner with a customer. And a lot of times the customer wasn't necessarily willing or open to share data or information. And now being a part of the Land Lab, that's really opened the door because it's a partnership between RDO and the school, and they have a number of other different partners in it as well. But we really want it to be a clean, open platform, clear communication, no roadblocks, because really, again, it's, it's all about learning and about doing everything we can to better educate the students as well as better educate us as well. So clear communication, open communication across all lines. We're not looking to hide anything or put anything behind the scenes. We just want to put it out there, get the information out there that we find. At this point, we've been pretty much going off of data to show the customer what we've been finding out there in the field and what we're seeing and really analyze that data and show them the ROI or the benefit of some of the technologies we're utilizing. The big picture, big goal is really to get the customers out to that land lab field and let them see it firsthand, hands-on, whether it's doing uh, stand counts or just getting a feel for what we did in a real life scenario. What we're doing with the data, we're really at this point just collecting it all, compiling it in the John Deere Operations Center, and we've created a view-only account, and we really have allowed anybody that is interested in the data that we're collecting to go in and take a look at it. It's just a username and password that we've handed out, and we've used that to try to show the customer not only about the John Deere Operations Center, but also about what we're learning at the LAM Lab with some of the different trials that we're doing and some of the different agronomic data that we can compile in there. Establishing a rock-solid precision identity is critical to the success and stability of a precision farming team, but it takes buy-in and execution to achieve what may not always be measurable goals. Here, Tony discusses the dealership's commitment to customer engagement tools, including its Agricultural Technology podcast, and leveraging of social media. A couple of years back, we kind of took the opportunity to dive into something we hadn't done before, and that was to start a podcast. We uh, thought about it, and a lot of people sitting in the tractor, sitting in the combine, yeah, there's a lot of guys that listen to the talk radio or listen to FM radio. We saw an opportunity to get sort of an education side of things when it comes to customers being in the tractor and that came about the podcast. We were actually out talking with a customer of ours and how he kind of passes the time and learns things and that customer was specifically an avid podcast listener. So we kind of got that idea and said, hey, you know, let's start a podcast revolving around agriculture technology and that uh, the RDO Agriculture Technology Podcast was born. We're into about five years of production now with the Agriculture Technology Podcast, and we really felt it was a unique opportunity to get information out there about different types of technology or maybe different features of equipment related to a technology. There's a lot of information when it comes to ag technology and it's being introduced and sometimes it doesn't get promoted or marketed as well as it should. That's why we take the podcast to better market or better facilitate the conversation with customers 
about those types of products and those types of technologies. Along with the podcast, uh, one of the other unique things that we've done with our product specialist team is we've become social employees. And I guess what that really comes down to is uh, we have a Twitter presence. I know a lot of people know that agriculture has a pretty large following on Twitter. It might surprise a few, but uh, agriculture and ag tech has a very large following on Twitter. And we at RDO Equipment Company have taken the opportunity to get in front of some of those customers and we carry RDO branded Twitter accounts. And I think a lot of the uniqueness to that is we're able to engage with customers that maybe the conversation might not come up when we're on the farm or even customers outside of our area. I know myself with my Twitter handle, I've had a lot of conversations with people around the United States just about specific technologies that maybe they haven't seen in their area or maybe it's a unique technology to our area here in the Red River Valley. And we do a lot of stuff on Twitter as far as promoting the products and promoting just the technologies. And that goes across our entire company. So not only here in the Midwest, but also our Northwest region and our Southwest region as well. Having a podcast in the ag industry is definitely unique. There is a lot of undertaking that goes with that. Prior to me becoming kind of the, the host and producer of the show, there was another uh, coworker of mine that was doing some of the behind the scenes stuff. And then he had handed over the host position to myself. And recently I've kind of taken more of that responsibility to do a lot of that producing. And it is a very big time commitment trying to find topics and people. Finding the topics in ag technology isn't the hard part. It's finding people willing to talk into a microphone about those topics or those specific pieces of technology. And along with the Twitter, it, that also is a fairly decent time commitment because we got to make sure the content is relevant. We got to make sure that it lines up with our company standards and what we believe as RDO Equipment Company. So there is a lot of work that goes into the RDO podcast as well as having socially involved employees. As far as drawing revenue to a bottom line, I don't know that there's any direct lines that can be drawn from social media or the podcast directly to a sale. But I do know, specifically speaking with myself, is I have had a number of conversations with customers or people that have asked questions about what they saw on Twitter or what they heard on the podcast, and it did result into a sale. So I would say indirectly, we can definitely attribute the podcast and or being social media present, we can definitely drop back to a bottom line and promoting these technologies that a lot of customers may not be hearing about. I do feel that having a social media presence as well as kind of going above and beyond with the podcast does set us apart from other dealerships out there. The marketing aspect of it, uh, kind of as I stated before, that there's a lot of stuff when it comes to ag technology that does not get promoted properly. A lot of that is relied on the dealerships directly, not just coming from the manufacturer itself. So I feel that having employees on Twitter as well as doing the podcast, it gives us a competitive advantage or a competitive edge to have or better promote the products that we are trying to sell. With RDO Equipment Company, our portfolio of equipment is very unique. So we, of course, our major OEM manufacturer, John Deere, offering all of the technology and precision components through John Deere. 
but there's also a lot of stuff that John Deere doesn't necessarily offer. So we have the opportunity through many different short lines that we carry. I really do feel it gives us another advantage to offer solutions to the customers that's something that John Deere may not offer. So whether it be UAV solutions or maybe some uh, application equipment or maybe even some softwares that we can partner with, it definitely gives us a competitive advantage when we're talking about short lines, not only from an iron standpoint, but from a technology standpoint as well. Well, thank you to Joel, Tony, Bryce, Ben, and Jacob for their time and contributions to RDO Equipment Company being named our 2020 Most Valuable Dealership. You can check out past coverage of our Most Valuable Dealership program at precisionfarmingdealer.com slash MVD. You can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 podcast series. For RDO Equipment Company, Reichart Electronic Innovations, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening. <laughs>